welcome back to Warriors Weekly, the official Glasgow Warriors podcast. My name is Jack Reed. I'm joined, as always, by Adam Ash. Um, thank you to everyone who has subscribed and left a review so far. And please do get in touch with us using the hashtag Warriors Weekly to let us know what you think of the podcast. Today we are recording remotely at the Premier Sports launch in Glasgow. They've just announced their Scottish talent. And coming up on the show, we have three, I don't think it's too much of a stretch to say, three Scottish legends, actually. Legends. Global legends, actually. Um now, three fantastic guests this week, and as I say, sitting here at the Premier Sports uh, launch at the Blythswood in Glasgow here, just uh, watched a fantastic presentation, a video uh, with some of the footage that they've put together uh, for the, op- the the upcoming season, and it's looking really good. Um, it's uh, Yeah, it's exciting times, and, and I think that the fans can be excited about what they're going to see. It's really exciting that every game in the Guinness Pro 14 this season will be on Premier Sports, but we'll get to that a bit later. Actually, I want to look back and the Northampton game, which is well, have been a tough one to take, but is it is it a blessing in disguise? Is it a, is it a wake-up call? I don't know. How, what was the review session like after that? <coughs> yeah, I think um, in some ways it's going to be a blessing in disguise. Um you know, going into the season after a big win against Harlequins, um, you know, we were flying high, um, and I think that game in the weekend was a bit of a leveller in some ways. Um, playing against a big physical team, uh, and you know, I think it's fair to say that we probably were outdone there. Um, and I think as as a smaller team, it's probably really important. In fact, not probably, it's very important that we get the detail right. And I and I don't think that was there in the weekend. Um, and it's uh, as you say, going into the season this week. Um, against a, a massively physical team Connacht it's, it's set us in good stead so um, you know obviously it was a tough one to take at the time and you know you want to go into these games and, and get a win regardless of whether it's a pre-season friendly or not but uh, as you say I think it, it's going to stand us in good stead moving forward. How do you prepare for this Connacht game when you know in the back of your mind that it might be horizontal 60 mile an hour rain last season was like nothing I've ever seen can you can you prepare for that? Well, you're right, it was crazy last year. I've never seen anything like that in September. Um, you, uh, I think the thing that you've what, got what to remember as a player is, is does, does everything go out of the window when that happens? Well, really what you'll see is, is teams tightening up a little bit, you know, um, you know, less uh, expressive rugby, I guess you mm-hmm. could say. Um, I guess with, with how things usually pan out over there, you don't really know how the weather's going to show up in the day. I think the thing you've got to remember is that both teams are playing in the same game, so we're we're, we're all up against it. Um, you know, you will see. Like I remember the game last year out there, uh, first game of the season. You know, is that I played at Connacht probably six times, and that was crazy. Like sideways mm-hmm. rain, fifty kilometres an hour uh, wind. It was absolutely insane. Um, so there was a lot of errors, uh, a lot of slow play, a lot of pick and goes forwards through a massive amount of work that day which was uh, good for the body first game of the season <laughs> <laughs> and then we managed to get a good win so look you know uh, we're, we're gonna show up there we've got a plan in place and you know we're gonna stick to that hopefully as much as we can but uh, obviously the weather is a, a completely uncontrollable thing so you, what you do is you adapt to that on the day so um, yeah it's a tough one sometimes but it's a great place to go and play is that the worst you've ever played in though that one um Yes. Uh, uh, well, when you combine everything, mm-hmm. the wind and the rain. I remember Pete Horn going for a kick at goal on the 22 right in front, and the wind was so strong that it ended, go- ended up going right over his head. Aye, that was that? Right. I remember that. It's like that famous video they had over there. Was it Dan Parks or something? Kicked the ball, and the ball it ended up behind aye, him. It went behind him. Aye, yeah. th- it's, it is that strong, the wind there. So, um, 
uh, it's a crazy place to go play rugby, but they've got a uh, fantastic support, and mm-hmm. uh, it's always a, a tough place to go and win. So, uh, makes for an, ex- an exciting experience altogether, I think. Well, our game against Connacht will be live on Premier Sports One at Saturday at three o'clock. And as I said, we're at the Blythewood Hotel for the launch of Premier Sports. And Chris Patterson is start is part of their talent group, and we sat down with him earlier on. <laughs> Delighted to be joined by Chris Patterson. Chris, you announced today that you're going to be part of the Premier Sports Talent team. How excited, how exciting is that for you? It's good. Listen, it's um, it's something I love doing. Uh, as being involved co-commentary and just keeps you close to the game, as I said earlier. Yeah, a little bit of experience when you're playing, um, doing bits and pieces. Obviously, when you're injured or when you're kind of not involved. Um, and when I was playing, I actually didn't really enjoy it. But then, when you retire, you move, kind of away from the game in a playing capacity I'm lucky enough still to be coach and involved in the game at all levels in Scotland so you've got that uh, you still got that tie to the game but this is kind of something on match day you don't get really when you, the nature of my coaching skill coaching so you work with individuals all over the, 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 the country but on an actual big match you don't get the the buzz that you used to get as a player so if you're lucky enough to be broadcasting be it Premier Sports and the BBC or whatever you actually fill that void and not playing a little bit you have to prepare there's a you know a nervousness and a discipline you have to do your work you have to you know be right on it if you make a mistake you can't keep it back so it's mm-hmm. similar in many ways to when you play and when you're looking to kind of fill that void and not playing um i actually quite enjoy the challenge of that and i just love being close to the game i would far rather be at the game working in that capacity and being close watching it intently and trying to bring some of the experience i had as a player to to the i suppose the viewers and the listeners well, on a, like a hypothetical situation here, like you said, you're you're still involved throughout Scottish rugby. You come into Glasgow one day a week, and so you know these guys. You know Ashley really well. Hypothetically, it's never going to happen, but Ashley has a howler, and you're you're. Hey, <laughs> I know what you're going to ask you. I've seen this guy step in and train on a few occasions now. <laughs> He's still got it. What age are you, no. Ashley? Uh, what my really? You're really. Dead. I've turned forty this year. Forty? You Done forty in March. Yeah. So, wow. um, so but it's easy to step in and do one. Day. You know what I mean? When you, guys good tra- Nick. you guys are trained for two hours. I come in and fill oh in the last minute. Step six guys, score a try. <laughs> so, but you knowing Ashley as well as you do, is that gonna? How's that gonna be for you if you have to? I have to slot them in. You have to slot them in. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, I know more than ever. Anyone that what these guys do is incredible. Uh, far more difficult, far more intense. And I mean, it's what six years since I retired professionally, and the game's just gone through the roof in terms of the physicality, the, the, the durability of the players, the, the, the disciplines and demands on the players. So if someone makes a mistake and you're involved with commentary and you're involved in analysis, you, you can see the mistake, everybody knows it. So what I would try and do is maybe describe why that mistake happened. It's very easy to say, oh, that was, that was rubbish, or we should have caught that. But actually, why did you take your eye off the ball? You know, mm-hmm. someone fly to line was a you know, maybe it was a pass great. Were you actually looking to move to one side of the rush to the other to attack, and you've got a late call? Or so you're almost looking for a reason rather than just criticise a mistake. You're actually trying to analyse and say, you know what, these guys are, are phenomenal athletes. Mistakes happen, but why did that mistake happen there? And if you could maybe try and bring a wee bit of the kind of the mental aspect of it, the psychological aspect mm. of it, it's like what what is it you're trying to do? You've you've, you've trained us uh, say a play all week but then the play doesn't quite go to plan in the match. So are you thinking, right, right, stick to what the structure was? Or are you thinking, actually, it's not how it went in, in the session. Let's kind of go off script and, and try and solve it yourself. So everyone will see the same picture differently. 
So that's why they stayed quite often happen. So if you can bring that kind of element to it rather than just say you dropped the ball or you mm -hmm. missed a tackle, that's easy. But understanding why sometimes it hopefully comes across as it's not it's not you know, too negative on the players, but yeah. you have to address the mistakes that are made, I suppose. Yeah. Did I tell you guys about my first commentary experience? No, go on. So semi final last year for Glasgow. Uh, it, was, it was difficult. First first time behind the, the mic. I, not the easiest game to comment on. I was ready for shouting down the microphone. Uh, I managed to hold it together, but uh, yeah, I actually came down. Remember at half time uh, we came down and you were was it the Welsh? I was doing uh, scumplan and I because you came down and, and did a bit with us at half time as well. It's uh, it's it's so difficult, isn't it? Because you're you're conscious that you don't want to. You have to be totally honest, uh, and that's the best thing. But at the same time, you don't want to be too hard on on someone because you know what they're trying to do but you yeah. have to address the mistakes and that was a difficult one because the lads didn't play particularly well and mm. we knew it and you could see that there was no lack in it but it was just nothing went right for them mm -hmm. you know what I mean and, and maybe looking back on that finishing top was great but it was actually a week without or was it a week or two weeks wasn't it between three maybe three whereas uh, Scarlett had, had had to play a playoff they'd mm -hmm. been in the European semi I think so they had yeah, competitive yeah. fixtures three weeks on them so these are the wee things that we try and understand last year for guys if it didn't go well that night that's maybe one of the reasons why and if you can bring that to the viewers or listeners then it hopefully just makes it a bit more insightful than saying oh the lads were poor or poor on the night it's, it's mm. not good but so you got, would you do it again? I would do it again I enjoy it I think over the last couple of years I've like I don't know I've massively enjoyed kind of just speaking to people mm. meeting people and I think conversation is such a cool thing. Like the same for guys outside with the podcast and stuff. You know, mm -hmm. getting players on and just having them, you know, being themselves, making them feel comfortable, and you know, people get to see a lot more than what it's they're, they're a used to. A lot of the negativity that used to happen, I suppose, it still does in some areas of, of criticism, comes just from the unknown. Mm -hmm. And I, and I think like it's easy. We've all been there as fans. We all watch loads of different sports and go, oh, I could do that. I could have scored that goal. Or mm -hmm. actually you don't know how hard it is mm -hmm. so by talking and getting the guys who are currently involved or maybe just recently retired sharing the kind of experiences hopefully makes it realise A, how difficult it can be and B, how good it is when it goes well and, mm -hmm. and it does come out and you do get success and it's important to share that celebration with the public as well so mm -hmm. all good I want to speak about your involvement with Glasgow you come in one day a week you work skills but you work a lot with the kickers what have you made of young hastings yeah um, everyone's talking about him what's your, what's your analysis garden yeah i've known adam i've worked with adam for a long time so my role at scottish rugby is uh kind of work with the goal kickers at the national level the two pro teams and uh our age group teams as well as working skills across the academy players and age group players so i've known adam since he came through the 18s um and i've always really loved his attitude his attitude sticks out that he's a he's a born winner he's a total winner he's too combative at times sometimes you know what I mean like he's he's ready to rip people's heads aye, off in aye. training just always competitive yeah. aye, he just he loves winning like even aye. the little kind of games you play touch games or even if it's not even a rugby game like a game of football we might yeah. be playing or something he's ready he just he loves it have you seen that in other players in the past just that yeah, instinct to win yeah and a lot of players we've all probably got a wee bit of it in us but as a 10 it's really important almost to suppress that. Now, if, if you were to ask the man in the street or the lady in the street, what you want that attitude, which you do, but if you look at all the kind of greats, and Johnny Sexton was, was similar when he came in at first, he wanted to take on the world, but as a 10, you've got to actually, sometimes take a step back from it. If you look at Dan Carter, like I spent a bit of time in New Zealand after I retired with the McPhail, mm -hmm. so he was away at the, the Crusaders. I remember seeing him, he was hardly ever at first receiver. So it was Ryan Crotty, or 
I assume we brought our receiver more often than that. And I'm like, why do you never attack the Super Saiyan? Basically, because of its really poor ball, I take a step back, these guys deal with it, and then when it's there to strike and come in and bring the quality, you step in. So it's like sharing the workload. So, and that's a discipline to know when to share the workload, when to come in and out. Roger Federer, apparently, is a tennis player growing up. He's, he's pretty aggressive. Marshall <laughs> Rankin's grown him. You see him now, he's just this personified calmness as he's gone on to be probably the world's greatest tennis player. Mm-hmm. So that attitude inside you that's inherent, I think, is brilliant. It's a brilliant trait. Managing it is difficult. Because so how does he suppress that? Well, I think it's just experience. Now, mm-hmm. Honestly, when you wish to watch him play in his 20s, he was brilliant, but he was trying to win everything on his own. Mm-hmm. And the the best thing, I think, for that is just playing at a, a pro level and having guys like Peter Horn along. I was going to say, it'll be, it'll be handy for him having yeah. Horn inside of him. Yeah, and, and, and obviously the guys inside and outside, and it's just sharing the workload. And I think as a starting point, it's brilliant. Brilliant attitude. I've always loved that attitude. And, um, and the more he plays and the more he is playing, he's, he's awesome. But actually, you're seeing your players uh, have something really good to work with. Um, his kicking's good, very natural, really good. Uh, and Do you know who taught him? Uh, <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> uh, Is it true that his nickname Stinger? Stinger comes from his, him kicking the ball and the sting he gets behind <laughs> it. Or is that just made up? Uh, Did he tell you that? No, nah, I, I gave him the nickname <laughs> because of his we'll attitude. Go it's true. <laughs> Stinger. <laughs> Stinger. Yeah. Uh, no, we'll go with that. We'll call. I might call him it tomorrow. Ah, call him it. You want it? Yeah. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant attitude, brilliant to work with, even competitive to the nth degree in a kicking session. Mm-hmm. And, a, and a lot of kickers want to work on their own. He's not, he's like, right, who's in, who's in the competition? Who's kicking for this? Who's the progress? What did so-and-so get? And, uh, you want that in a, in a goal kick as well. Cause you, you, some goal kickers will look and think, you know what, if I miss this, it's, it's, it's in my head. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's never going to happen. But Hoggy's the same. Hoggy's the guy exact same way so it's like if there's a kick down the green you miss that in you know he's pushed everybody away to get in there to take it which is exactly what you need mm-hmm. um, so yeah g- uh, good continued development con- big emphasis on the senior players moulding that as well as the coaches uh, and I think that's what's strong it's definitely Glasgow with the coaches and the players and over at Edinburgh as well um, like the kickers there they're, they're uh, Peter Frontline kicker depending who plays Simon Hickey's a new guy at their club so he's He's really disciplined, performed his role uh, really well. Um, I think it's somebody like Bailey, mm-hmm. uh, young Charlie Shields, maybe not kicking as well as that, but he's under Mark, these guys. So, nature of my work's individual, so you work with individuals rather than the team. So, it's good to get to know them at an individual level, but um, it's got to be good to be working with the squad. And I want to speak just briefly about the league as a whole um, Premier Sports. Every Pro 14 game will be on Premier Sports this coming year. In your position, we'll go with fullback. What three players in the league are you most excited about seeing this year? Oh, the league, the league itself. Before I answer that, I, I think it's a brilliant quarter. You know, you can you can argue the merits and the positives and negatives of, say, the Premiership in England having uh, promotion and relegation. Does that improve your product, or does it improve the the player because they've they've got that consequence of relegation or that? disappointment does it make them perform better mm-hmm. or does the fact that this league doesn't have relegation does it make you better because you actually you're forced you're not forced to attack but the, the ability to attack is enhanced more I think it's a positive that there's no relegation um, and if you align that as I said earlier to the international rugby the teams that are winning the international rugby are winning by playing attacking rugby if you want to beat the All Blacks 
I'm going to have to throw Pep Guardiola at least because they're going to mm-hmm. score no matter how good your defence is. And I think our league promotes that. I think we're going to score for a few reference of that. Sometimes contrast that with the French league. Uh, when you watch the French guys, it's hard. It's attritional and they come into that maybe into the Six Nations or into that international. The first couple of games, they're almost still playing their domestic stuff. But I think our Scottish teams, when they come out of the pro 14, it mirrors quite quite accurately what Gregor and what, how the Scottish team want to play. So it's a, it's a brilliant, uh, I suppose, platform to play at that. Um, and there's some cracking attacking players. <coughs> 15 is you kind of look past, depending on who plays where, obviously. But our two potential front runners and, and Hoggy and Blair kind of fit in that. And I know we're biased, and I know we've. <coughs> We maybe want to look elsewhere first, but we, we you really think we got the two best in the league? Then I, I think we have Penny is a phenomenal player. Um, when I played, when he was he came in as a youngster just towards the end of my career, and I mainly played in the wing. And it was it was more a it was more like a Jason Robinson type player, brilliant feet, brilliant attacker, quick, dynamic, such a threat. So that was to me. I still see that in him, but it was it was more. I think he's probably more known for being the traitor of that. He's probably positionally the best in the league. He's in the right place at the right time. Mm-hmm. He's his games at the kind of level where he'll show to be on one side of the field to push you to kick to the other, and he'll get there and cover it. Brilliant. We all know that. He's, he's, he's just he's just really good understanding game. But I think he lost his attacking edge a little bit coming back a wee bit, and it'd be good for the supporters and us as fans to see him do more of that because he's a cracking skater. Uh, Rob Carney's got all the experience of the world. Jordan Lamy's a youngster who's 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 sharp as well. I mean, look, most guys will have a, a quality fifteen, but well, one maybe outside the the box a wee bit. Uh, Matteo Minotti from Zebra. He uh, hinting what, what we said before about international rugby. He stars in that Italian team. He's mm-hmm. just a short guy, stocky but short, quick, run everything. Uh, so he's an exciting player to watch. But I do think. Penny, you know, on your own doorstep, you've got two cracking players that hopefully have big impacts for their, their clubs uh, this season and, and hopefully the country as well. Mossy, thanks very much. Top man. Cheers, Moss. There you are. Go again. Great to catch up with Mossy there. He'll be joined by Doddy Weir, Jim Hamilton, but also Rory Lawson and Al Kellock. And we also caught up with them at the launch at the Blyswood Hotel. <laughs> So we're joined by Rory Lawson and Al Kellock at the Premier Sports launch. Guys, excited to be involved for the season ahead? Very excited. Yeah, no, I think uh, great opportunity and massive ambition for Premier Sport um, to, to show the Guinness Pro 14 this year, showing every minute of every game, which is which says a lot and gives uh, will give the fans what they want, will allow players to, to watch on and see, um, see some of the teams that their own teams might play against. Um, maybe pre- prevent a few of them from having to take on an away game and be able to pick up the game as well. So, uh, not all, all good. And Al? Yeah, it's a brilliant league. Uh, you obviously watch the, the league closely. Um, I'm really looking forward to, to not just commentating on the games, but working with Rory, Big Jim, Big Doddy, who's come on board as well, um, just to uh, to talk up rugby and, and be excited about rugby again. Are you going to have to be impartial or are you allowed to just go into it with your Scottish rugby hats on? Always impartial, measured. Uh, I'll translate for Al on the occasions whereby people outside of Scotland might be watching as well. Um, but no, look, I, I think I think you get credibility by saying things the way they are. And I think players, if, if you can be cre- credible to the players, then they don't mind necessarily being criticised, albeit 
we've been players and it's not nice being criticised so long as it's not overly and as long as it's fair that's uh, that's a big part because look, there's no point in talking positively if someone does something badly but um, at the same time you, you, we, we want to be talking about the good stuff that happens in games the the, the outstanding performances the outstanding moments um, and if you know if some of those happen off someone's error then we'll probably focus more on on the good stuff I think coming as a player or coming at it as a player really spot on that there will be mistakes that happen and what we've got to try and bring is the insight as to why, though, why those happen and not just point out mistakes that an individual's made but actually get a little bit of knowledge in behind it um, and be able to and be able to bring that to life. Actually, is that the case that as a player if you hear criticism from a pundit is it easier to take when they've been a professional themselves? Well, I think so. I mean, I think it's just part of it as well. I think as you get older as a player, you it's something you just get used to. Maybe as a youngster, it's a little bit raw at times, and you know, maybe it's taken a little bit. Well, not, not to say it's unserious, but <laughs> you know, like you take it a little bit more to heart. But um, you know, I've got to say, if I was in the position of you guys, I'd be doing the same thing. And I think it's what makes for for good viewing, and uh, yeah, it's just part and parcel of, of how it is. But some guys are as good as Ashley would just talk them up. That's your thing. Well, we don't that's need to that's talk all I get, mistakes. isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> hell. There's some guys. There's some guys who chuck lines around for for the sake of headlines. Uh, I'd like to think that we'll be we'll be turning up and talking about the game for what it is. Um, you know, th there might be some turgid turgid games. Uh, turgid games. I'm not sure that's a word. <laughs> I'm going to create that word actually um, when something's particularly turgid. <laughs> um, but now, there, there, you know, there might be uh, games that are, are difficult to commentate on when when things they're you know error strewn or whatever. But at the same time, you know, we we want to find the good stuff. We want people at home who are watching the games to get excited about them, uh, and we want to deliver something that's credible to the players and ultimately maybe put uh, plant a few uh, extra nuggets of uh, knowledge into the people who are watching who are just rugby fans but but want to learn more about it. Speaking of games that were difficult to be positive about, you were down in Northampton. It was a tough one to take for the Warriors, but what did you what did you make of it down there, and what positives can the boys take from that? Look, I think it's it's preseason, um, and preseason is important, but this uh, this weekend is significantly more important. And for you know, for me, I I, I saw enough good to be positive about Glasgow. Um, it was it, for me it actually just highlighted the importance of of TMO. Um, on a on a few occasions, um, and a f look, I think it's it's better to make mistakes in pre-season and, and learn fast than it is in season. Um, I, th I felt Northampton were more physical, and uh, I'm sure there were a few sore bodies on on Saturday after the game. Um, but like a bit of guy shine Yeah, I know. Got it's a trophy like to show looks for like it. he's been in a an wee <laughs> nudge or two. But it's a good team. Good team to lose a game. Uh, mm -hmm. Like you, you go into the season, you take the. You take all the positives from that Quinns game, and there was so, so many. And then you've got a huge amount of learning from the Northampton game. So you go in, ideally, this week coming as a complete package. Um, mm. There's no complacency there. You know you've got to work incredibly hard. Northampton are a good team, but as we kind of touched on there, Glasgow didn't do themselves justice. So all of a sudden, you go into a game knowing you've got to be your best to win every game. So for me, for the squad, it, it won't be a bad thing at all. Mm. I think it's a great feature for us at this point in the season. You know, going up against a big physical team like that, you know, we, we addressed it um, early in the week there. But, you know, us probably not being the, the biggest team, we need to get the detail right. And it was an example of not, not having that in the weekend. So I think at this stage, it's a fantastic lesson to learn. 
um, and one that will do us good moving forward. It also highlighted, you know, pr Premiership is a slightly different way mm -hmm. that they play. Um, you know, Chris Patterson spoke about it a bit earlier. The the Pro 14 League is an attack focused league, whereby because there's there's no relegation, players play a little bit w with a little bit less fear. Um, you know, the the stats are highest for uh, sub three second rucks, so it's typically quicker ball. In in the English Premiership is a bit more attritional, but for me, the key lesson that they learn uh, that Glasgow would have learned at the weekend is that if you don't match opposition physically, you're you're, you're up against it. And particularly first phase, if you don't stop that maul, if you don't stop that that first hit up from getting over the gain line, then you're on the back foot. And look, you would much rather learn that lesson in the in the third week of August than you would in the first round of Europe or second round of Europe, whereby you're maybe not quite tuned into that and then you get a bit of a fright. Also gives the coaches an opportunity to put the finger in a few faces if they need to, uh, all the senior players, to have some of those difficult conversations leading into a first league game. Uh, and again, that, that's a good time to have those conversations. Did the, did the captain see that? I was going to speak to you about the captaincy and Ryan Wilson and Callum Gibbons doing it. You are the Glasgow captain to a many legend. supporters. What was, what was a young Adam Nash like in the changing room? Don't ask that. <laughs> a young scumbag. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You know, back in the day, it, it was trying to separate him out from a young Finn Russell. Uh, there he was two trouble that way. There were two pieces. Well, I'm not sure which one of you was trouble. <laughs> <laughs> no, Adam, you just need to look at the way he developed over the years. He's a great leader in his own right. Uh, he was always a leader when he was young, lad, because he would, he would have those difficult conversations and say things that needed said. Um, and not everybody will do that. Some people will, will duck behind and wait for somebody else to say it. But even as a young fellow, he was confident enough to be able to have those conversations. and. Okay, I, I know he's standing next to me, but this is this is a big season for him as well. This is an opportunity now to establish himself in that team, really grab a hold of it, and, and push for bigger and better honours as well. And you you pleased with the appointment of Wilson and Callum Gibbons as co-captains? Ah, it's great. I, I, they're two guys that lead by example, but they also uh, back up everything and behind with their knowledge, their knowledge of the game, their knowledge on and off the park. You you only need to spend a bit of time uh, with them away from rugby to understand that their passion for what they do is is as good as it gets, um, they also complement each other very, very well. Uh, and uh, Kelly's come in and added a huge amount to that squad. Um, Ryan's obviously incredibly experienced now, and, uh, and I can see them grabbing hold of it and really taking Glasgow on another level. Rory, right, I want to speak about scrum half position at the Warriors. You saw George Horn and Nick Frisby on the weekend. There's Ali Price as well. What do you make of the dynamic there? Yeah, I think it's. I mean, you've got three outstanding scrum halves. I think obviously uh, I, I see Nick Frisby as being a a good signing um, and a, a forward-thinking signing from from Dave Rennie because ultimately, um, when you look at the other two, the quality of the other two scrum halves, there's there's a good chance that you'll you'll lose both of them for international windows. And Nick Frisby's the guy with a lot of experience. Um, he's still got a big appetite for the game. I, I I don't know him on a personal front, but from what I've heard, he's a he's a thinker. He's a, got a very good rugby brain. Um, so for him. Having his experience around on in those windows whereby you might be missing um, the other two is is significant. Um, I think George Horn's season last season surprised a lot of people, um, and I, I think he's a, a hugely exciting talent. Uh, I, I was out in Argentina and obviously saw him starting alongside Adam Hastings um, in in that test there and, and doing incredibly well and. His the potential that he has is there. He's got outstanding potential. He's incredibly fit. He's got a good skill set. He's got a, an immense energy about him. Um, and obviously, Ali Price will be will be very very keen of 
on overcoming the injury that he got um, on that tour um, and getting that number nine jersey back mm -hmm. because he he made the most of Greg Laidlaw's injury last season, came in, did incredibly well, uh, but it's a really fascinating competition for that number nine jersey and uh, certainly as an ex-scrum half, it'll be one that I'll be watching on closely. And we're here talking about Premier Sports and every game in the Pro 14 is live on Premier Sports. I want to speak to you about the league as a whole. Al, what three people in your position any team are the ones to look out for this year? You could probably talk about 28, because clearly second was the most important position on the park and will decide whether teams win or lose the game in, in every opportunity. But um, the three that would stand out, so Corey Hill's obviously got a massive role to play down at Dragons. Talked about uh, Cully and, and, and Ryan taking on the, the armband at Glasgow. He's got that at, at Dragons and, and we'll be looking to make sure that they progress in the right direction. Um, arguably the, the best second row in the league last year was Tag Burn. Um, he's, he's gone back to Ireland. He's now he's got big shoes to fill there with the second rows that they've, they've had over there at Munster in the last few years. Mm -hmm. But he's a guy who he can do it all. I mean, he could play him at six, play him at second row, play him across the back row. Uh, he's just a terrific rugby player. Um, and I, I can't talk about second rows within the league without talking about, uh, I was going to say young Johnny Gray. He's not that young anymore. Um, but he, he's another guy that's got a huge role to play, especially with Tim. Tim Swenson being injured for the first few months. Um, a lot will land on Johnny uh, and he's got to make sure that he's managing that but I think this is another bit we talked about a big year for Adam earlier it's a big year for Johnny as well to, to push on to take that next step forward that he's been consistently uh, one of Glasgow's best players over the last few years I think he can push on again and, and really look and challenge at least the tag burn and those guys to be the best second in the league undoubtedly and then Rory Scrum Hearts who have you got your eye on? Yeah, look, I, th I think I'm always going to have my eye on on the the, the tussles with the Scottish nines. But um, looking looking outside of the the two Scottish teams, Edinburgh and Glasgow, um, I think for me it, these are all sort of intertwined. Um, Sam Hidalgo Klein at, at Scarlets, I think his move away from Edinburgh, he had a really good second half of last season, um, and obviously his his contract situation was up in the air for a long time, and he hit form just at the at the right time and. He's now got a great opportunity to go down to the Scarlets and go up against Gareth Davis, who's the Welsh number one scrum half at the moment, um, and actually measure himself against you know one of the best in the business, one of the best in Europe at the moment. Um, and I think being out of his comfort zone in Edinburgh is is a good place for him to really test himself. And like Al said, when you get to you know he's he's still a really young man, but he's. Um, He's going to learn fast. It's a different environment. I think you'll learn a lot from Wayne Pivak. You'll learn a lot from playing ar around the likes of Patchell and, and playing alongside Gareth Davis and challenging himself in that area. So I'm really interested to see that. Um, tied into that, his opportunities come by Alan Davis moving across to the Ospreys. Um, and I think that he's a guy that will have been desperate for a, a proper opportunity. And Reese Webb going over to Toulon has, has opened that door for him. Um, and then I guess I guess finally I, I said I wasn't going to touch on it, but I, I will. Just Henry's move from Glasgow Warriors to Edinburgh, I think, is the right move. Um, I actually I actually spoke with Richard Cockrell towards the end of last season and asked him if I needed to dust my boots off to fill a, a scrum half berth. But in all seriousness, they I said they to him, that desperate, so no, <laughs> my, my, my boots are still polished, but uh, the, the, there is a, there is no need for for my services. That's for sure. Um, but no, I, I, I asked him whether, whether he thought he might have a chance at getting one of the Glasgow scrum halves purely because I felt if you've got all three fit, one isn't even going to be in a match 23. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a waste. I think that's a waste for Scottish rugby. So for Henry, 
I think it's a great move and I sent him a message to say as much because he'll go into that team as a leader. There's a big opportunity to get game time and a big opportunity if he performs in that team to get back into, into a Scotland jersey. So there's three guys that I'm, I'll keep a, a really, really close eye on and uh, certainly the two Scottish guys, I hope they go really well. Well, guys, thanks very much for your time and we look forward to seeing much more of you on Premier Sports throughout the season. Thank Good you. Man. Cheers. So once again, thanks for listening to Warriors Weekly and for subscribing and leaving your five-star reviews. You can watch our first game of the season against Connacht live on Premier Sports 1 at 3pm on Saturday. And Ashy, it'll be a, a great way to start the season. Yep, looking forward to it. Boys are, are, are really firing and ready to get out there. So, um, yep, we'll see you guys on there on the TV uh, if, you're not, if you're not over watching us. So, uh, yeah, see you next week. Yeah, I'm